This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. We have Brother Scott Phillips, a tremendous man of God. Um, So I'm just going to have him sort of tell us a little bit about himself and, uh, you know, what he's involved in as far as ministry, uh, where he is, and and what God's doing uh, through his ministry. How are you doing today, Brother Phillips? Glad to be with you today, Brother uh, brother Crooker. Am I saying your name right? Yes, sir. Okay, let me back that up. I'm glad to be with you today, Brother Crooker. Uh, my, my name is Scott Phillips, and I uh, pastor uh, Spring Ridge Pentecostal Church here in the Jackson metro area. Uh, we planted this church uh, 18 years ago, this coming January, and I uh, have enjoyed uh, seeing all the kinds of miracles God does for for the process of starting the church seeing God bless your efforts, uh, working with people, praying with people, and uh, just being involved in, in the kingdom and the relationships you build. And uh, it's it's truly a blessing. And uh, uh, I really think that that uh, it's the best life, you know, doing, doing ministry and, and uh, just yielding your life to let the Lord lead you and guide you. And uh, I wouldn't rather, I would, I don't have anything else in the world I'd rather be doing. Uh, There's nowhere I would rather be than right where I am. Amen. And uh, I find that, you know, there's, you you can't outgive God. So whether it's, uh, you know, monetarily, whether it's uh, of your time, your talents, when you give to God, He takes that and He blesses it. and, And, you know, and He multiplies it in the kingdom. And so there's really, like you said, there's no greater feeling. Um, than uh, being used of God, but making that commitment and that sacrifice, and watching what happens when we, you know, release ourselves, you know, to the ministry, uh, whatever ministry that may be. So we have, um, well, I don't know specifically a number, um, you know, but in the last twelve weeks, we've had over. 700 downloads um and i've only been doing this podcast you know for 13 weeks now uh at the time we're recording this episode um but god has been blessing it and it's just been well, I, I think there's a principle of doing something consistently um and i think that's true whether you're doing it in the kingdom or doing it in the world uh, I'm sure, I don't know whether you're aware of, but there's a number of people that, you know, they've been podcasting, uh, you know, basically having conversations for forever. I mean, podcasting is is old. I, re- I, I had a podcast, uh, podcast page and all that stuff probably 17, 18 years ago. And uh, podcasting has blown up lately, but there's some people that have been doing it for, you know, over a decade. And my observation, those that have been highly successful, is they just grind it out. They, they do it, they do it, and they ne- don't stop doing it. And I think that, you know, your endeavor into this area of, of technology, uh, giving a voice, giving content for people that are hungry for uh, 
listening to ideas and concepts from other people with like-minded uh, pursuits. If you keep doing it, you know, you'll, you'll, I call it the law of accumulation. If you just keep doing it, you just, it doesn't have, to, it's just, uh, what is it? Hit a single every time at bat, you'll be an MVP. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Talk to us a little bit about, um, in our conversation, you mentioned um, devotional uh, writing. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that, maybe where they can access some of your material, um, what your material consists of, maybe even uh, one of your most recent um, studies or devotionals that you've put together. Absolutely. So uh, I was a terrible student uh, in school. I in fact, I was at the barbershop today, and I was checking out young young lady there. I asked her where she went to school. She went to high school here in Clinton. And I said, do you like it? She got this big frown on her face. She says, I hate school. And I looked at her. I said, I understand. I, I did not enjoy school at all. And and that came out, you know. <laughs> you know, there's some things that you realize. This is an example, writing. I did not apply myself to learning as a you know as a teenager and so uh i was probably uh probably 25 years old i was uh, married been married for a few years and uh i had a dream and when i woke up from the dream i did something that i had never done before but i felt this impulse to write it down so i walked in there i had just bought my first computer and I sat down, uh, and uh, the one thing I learned how to do in school is is I learned how to type. I took two years of typing, so I I'm, I was very very good at typing. And so uh, I sat down, and I just kind of wrote out of my heart, um, you know, what I what the dream was about, and you know, uh, and you know I had a you know this is a two, it's nineteen ninety. Uh, six, 1995. And so, you know, there, there wasn't anything called a blog, you know, we're on America online chat rooms. There were emails and I probably had, let's say 20 email addresses of people that I knew that had an email, which that wasn't proliferated yet. And uh, I forwarded that, that little thing the Lord gave me, and they forwarded to other people, and I, I got you know some positive feedback, and and uh, I believe it was my first email. I sent it to a classmate of mine at at Bible College, and she forwarded it to her mother. Her mother told her, and she told me, "You need to tell Scott he should write a book." Uh, you know, affirmation is a wonderful thing, and so I said, "Well, that's nice." And so uh, you know, over the next month, two months, you know, something would drop in my heart and I would sit down and type it out. Again, this is a new computer, so I'm doing things I've never done before. I have a tool I've never had before. And uh, at some point, I really recognized that, that I was really feeling something when I wrote. And so I made a commitment uh, one day in prayer and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to write every day. And so out of a 360, and I, and I started it at the beginning of the year, and I, I determined I was going to write every day that year. 
And so out of 365 days, I probably wrote 270 times. And I, you know, if you get up in the morning, uh, you know, I didn't feel anything. I'd just write. And I found in the process of discipline that there was created a flow, a connection where I can write faster almost than I can think. Uh, and I, and I, and I discovered for me that it was a very active devotion. I felt, and I still feel, I, I can I can hear the voice of God if I'll sit down and write, and I, I will find things that I wouldn't find if I wasn't writing and studying. And uh, during that year, I didn't obviously write every day forever, but during that year there was a flow that was created and I was writing things and I, I uh, was proliferating those things. And uh, I, I tell people I was probably the first apostolic spammer because I felt like the Lord gave me something. And just like a preacher, you're going to get on the platform and you're going to share it with everyone. And so I didn't have any shame. And if, uh, if I, if, if I was on a, a Remember, this is a long time ago. This is almost 30 years ago. Uh, if I was on a, a group email, I would just take everybody's email lists and email addresses and put them in a database. And they were added. So at some point, probably 1998, some two, three years I've been writing, I actually had one of my readers tell me, man, this is so good. I'd like to be able to uh, pull this up and, and index it. So 1998, one of my readers volunteered to build me a website that I don't think there were blogs then, uh, but he created basically what is a blog site for me. And um, but during this time, um, I began to struggle with my ego. I'm, I'm a, a, a you know American man. I have an ego like all of us do. And I really began to deal with the fact, am I writing because the Lord's speaking to me or am I writing because I like people to, to stroke my ego? Mm. And so I actually, I really was in such a quandary that I, I, I prayed and I told the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to write again in this way until you speak to me. And if this is not what you have for me to do, I'm going to be perfectly happy to go back to how I was before I wrote. And uh, I, I just quit writing for probably about six months. I didn't write. I still studied. I still did things, but I didn't share what the Lord was giving me. And uh, I got invited, you know, three or four months later, I got invited to go to a prayer and fasting conference. This is 19, probably 1998, 99. And, um, uh, I, I had two or three of my area pastor friends that were going to go with me. And uh, so when it came time to get on the plane, everybody backed out. And I went to a place I've never been. And I got there and I didn't know anybody there. It was in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, Chester Wright uh, had these uh, prayer meetings. They're called meet meetings. And uh, I got there. I didn't know anybody. So it's kind of a pretty uh, intense, you know, we get, we, it's fasting for four or five days, uh, sleeping on the air mattress in some classrooms upstairs. You wake up seven or eight in the morning, get in there and pray. If somebody preaches to you, pray. Somebody preaches to you. 
and uh, for you know it was it's, it was intense and it was an environment where you had everybody there wanted to be there they spent money to be there they're sleeping on the floor to be there they're fasting and praying so it's an intensely spiritual environment and one of the ministers there at Annapolis uh, Glenn Middleton I didn't know him but probably about 9 30 10 o'clock at night we were walking out and uh, he stopped me, and he began to prophesy to me, and he didn't know me. And he said to me, he said, the Lord would say to you, I have put in your hand the pen of a ready writer. And he crossed out to me for minutes, but this, these are the big things I remember. The Lord spoke to me through that prophecy that the things that I would write would become as a mountain seen from every nation in the world. So right, I say unto thee, right, saith the Lord. <laughs> wow. And so I had my confirmation. And from there, um, I began to write and I, I grew. I had an email list at one time. Over 60,000 people were on my list. Uh, if you were at headquarters at UPC, ALJC, w, w, uh, uh, not that. WPF, but uh, PAW, if you were in any of those headquarters and at any point I got your email list, you were on my list. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had a lot, I met, got to know a lot of people. And uh, I, I'm going to wrap this up. I, I came to Clinton and started our church in January of 2004, and I had my first church website. And uh, I started, uh, and I was I was posting uh, my writings on this uh, blog site somebody had created for me, not the one I have now, but the one previous to the one I have now. And uh, one day I was sitting there, probably eleven thirty midnight at night, and um, and uh, I just began to you know they, we we gain the app, app, the uh, the ability. To look at analytics, this is 2005. That was a that was a miraculous thing then, and I got to look at, at the analytics, and I could see in map image form where all my readers were, and I could see on one day I, I'd have 5,000 people that read this particular article, and I could see that, and, and I, I began to look at it. And one of the the, the, the the spreadsheets, graphs, where it's showing me my statistics, it showed me that in a 30-day period, there were people from 116 nations had read what I had written in the past 30 days. And I was sitting there in the middle of the night, and I just, I remember the word of the Lord to me that that what the Lord told me became true. I thought I was going to sell a million books, but the Lord knows what we need to do, what it is we need to do. And though that didn't manifest as I, as I expected, I saw that through the uh, discipline of writing, you really can't touch your world. Uh, if you'll just take the time and exercise discipline and give yourself to that, um, God can use anybody. Amen. So uh, one thing 
that I I do. Um, anytime that I'm sitting down um, reading my Bible, or I like to listen to old preaching tapes, like I'm talking, you know, from the 70s, the 80s, um, even some in the 90s. Uh, I like new preaching, but um, something about old preaching that I just I can feel the passion and the fire, and and I like it. And so when I'm listening to preaching or in my personal devotional time, I like having a, a notepad handy. And I like having a notepad handy because I feel like God can talk to me in ways that I don't want to forget. So it's I feel like it's important um, to be able to have that ready so I can write things down. Um, and there are times when I've listened to messages or I've been studying the Word of God and I'm like, wow. And I'll feel like God's telling me to preach that. So I write it down. And then it expands into a sermon, um, you know, and who knows? I might preach it tomorrow or I might preach it three weeks from now. But it's the, it's the, and it's like you said, the, it's a discipline uh, of writing it down. And I think, I think more of us ministers and really any Christian, to be fair, if we wrote things down, I don't know, there's some type of uh, percentage that you're more likely to remember things if you write them down. Um, I can't give you that percentage exactly off the top of my head, but, you know, it's it's somewhere like you're 80% more likely uh, to remember something if you write it down. So people that write lists down um, or put together to-do lists or shopping lists or, um, you know, whatever it is in a, in a secular environment... Um, you know, we could apply these things to, to in a spiritual sense. Uh, right. Well, you know, I practice uh, something like what you talk about in that I, I, you know, notepad on my phone. I have an iPhone. It's probably one of my favorite applications on my phone. And uh, so like camp meet was last week <clears throat> during the preaching or during the announcements or just whatever in conversation uh you know i basically had a page of everything that kind of come to me i thought about uh, an idea i had i put it all on uh that that note and then you're it's very easy to search that like something on repentance and i have been doing this in my notepad for probably five years i can type in repentance in my notes and i can find out everything i have I've copied or written down on the on that topic uh, by just looking. I've already written it down. I don't have to go dig through books. It's in my it's in my notepad. Right. And I practice that. You know, <clears throat> I was talking to a uh, I, he acts like a new convert, but he's not a new convert. He should should be advanced, but be that as it may, <clears throat> I was I was provoking him to say, you know. Everything you do, it's all about you. You know, if you pray, you're praying about yourself. You go to church, you're going for your church, for yourself. Uh, you know, everything is about you. You you don't think about, you know, what, maybe I should call someone. Maybe uh, maybe uh, the Lord wants me to be at church so I can help someone. You know, you, you don't feel any responsibility or, or uh, 
connection to anyone. It's all about your little infantile world. And I told him, I said, look, I, it, I, 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 the Lord speaks to me a lot. And I, I, I would say, the, and I'd say this, I, I get an incredible amount of material. And I, the Lord speaks to me. I think, you know, I can only speak for myself, but my perception is the Lord speaks to me maybe more than others because I am such a prolific writer. And so many times I've written and sent out whatever it is the Lord spoke to me that morning. And I'll get, I'll, I'll get all kinds of immediate feedback like that. Ah, the, the Lord, the Lord used you. Thank you. Thank you for sending that. That helped me. And so I have, I, I get a lot of inspirational, spiritual food. It's not for me, but I get to benefit from it because the Lord gives it to me because I am a, I am, I freely share. I have, <clears throat> I have no inhibition to get on Facebook or to get on the radio or go on this podcast or post on my blog or, or do whatever. I have no inhibition of what somebody's going to think about me. I just, if the Lord speaks to me, I'm going to write it. I'm going to share it. I'm not going to hold it to myself because I just have learned that one of the re, one of the sources, one of the uh, sparks, purposes of the Lord speaking to me is he knows it don't stop with me. And I told him, I said, the Dead Sea is dead, not because it doesn't have life coming to it. It doesn't have life coming through it. Mm. If you, if everything God does in your life ends with you, you're still dead. And I, 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 I would attribute much of the blessing that I enjoy in my individual life because I have learned uh, that that the more I give, the more I receive. Well, and, and, and I, we we say that in money, but I say that just in the the life of faith. If you are one that's quick to share, the Lord's going to be sure you're never empty-handed. That is that is that is so true. And the thing is, you know, Jesus, who God in the flesh, but our example on this life of what we should attain to be the way that he treated people um you know and the way that he responded to situations and circumstances for instance when he was with his disciples and you know he washes their feet and so here he is he's giving something he's giving of himself and his time and investing that not only is he teaching them a lesson but he's showing us that we can't always be well what do i what do i get out of this you know well, that's that's a that's that's that is a picture of a of a child not a positive childlike mentality it's a that's a baby mentality uh, what did jesus say let the greatest among you be your servants uh, a person with a service mentality that that's it's not a matter if other people think you're great the lord thinks you're great you i, I want to ask you i you are recording this right yeah i, I just don't see the record button so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so, you, you know, know 
uh, you know, just talking about, you know, kind of going back to my blog. So I, I have a blog that this blog I started in 2006, even though I started writing in 1995. Uh, uh, blog, uh, was it Blogger, I believe, got bought out by Google. I don't think it was originally a Google property, but be that as it may, I started my blog site on blogger.com in 2006 it was easy it was free and um, since 2006 to 2021 that's uh, 15 years i have written uh close to 2000 blogs um uh and i have had over uh 1.5 million readers in that 15 year period on any given day I, I could have anywhere from 500 to 2,000 people read one of my uh, articles and so uh, you know that the law of accumulation if you just keep on doing it uh, brick by brick uh, in time you'll build a wall and uh, I, I find that uh, <clears throat> I think that's the key to being successful in anything is uh, just find what it is the Lord wants you to do and and don't stop doing it. So that can I mean that goes to everything you know that goes from uh, first of all you know basic uh, Christian disciplines you know prayer fasting Bible reading um, you want to know what God's will I mean I just recently uh, did a series and. Um, on the God, on God's will for your life, for your family, for your marriage, and it's it's been it was it's been an incredible experience, you know, studying it and and bringing that forth. But really, the key is you want to know what God's will is. Spend time in His Word. Spend time in His presence, and spend time, you know, conversing with Him because God talks to us, right? And so, if we want to know where God wants us to go and what He wants us to do. You know, the key is, is spend time with him. You know, I think that, you know, something that, you know, discipline is a gift we give ourselves. Uh, I've, I've preached and taught this concept many different ways, but this past Sunday is one of the ways that I have taught this concept is uh, in the, uh, in the life of Elijah, uh, he was called by the king of Israel and Judah and asked to pray. Uh, he, he prophesied to Jehoshaphat, I believe it was. And he, he told them, fill the, the valley with ditches. No, no explanation what it means. He just says, fill it with ditches. So in the middle of the night, water, it's like a flash flood. Water flows through that valley and it leaves as quickly as it came. But because there were these indentions, there were these crevices, there were these cavities they created by digging the ditches. When the water was gone, there was yet water in the valley. And, and the principle is there's a lot of people, the Lord's blessing comes into their life but there's no difference from pre-blessing to post-blessing because they have no containers 
to contain and retain what the blessing of the Lord did. I liken it to my parking lot out here in Mississippi. It, it can rain. In fact, here uh, two weeks ago, it rained six inches at my house in an hour. Wow. Crazy rain. Crazy rain. Uh, my, it flashed flooding. Amazing rain. But here's the thing. All that water came down in my parking lot. And with within two hours, the sun came out and there was no water on my parking lot because the water flowed off instead of flowing in. I could have spent the same effort and put in the concrete in the same place. And if I would have created a swimming pool instead of a parking lot, one flash flood that water would stay for months because there is the ability to retain the rain and discipline in a person's life. It is how we are able to put our hands on today, what the Lord has done yesterday. And we do that through prayer. We do that through study. We do that through being faithful we do that in writing uh we do there's a lot of different ways we can do that but you show me someone who is up and down up and down and is inconsistent in their walk with god i'll show you someone that has no discipline because they cannot retain what god does in their life so the key the key is to discipline ourselves to to be consistent, to find that place where we can be consistent in our devotional time. So specifically, being intentional about setting that time aside, being intentional about, you know, when you first started writing, being intentional about, you know, every single day writing something down, whatever it is, whatever it may be, um, you know, writing it down, getting it on paper, um, allowing God to speak to us through it, and uh, that that's well, really I, for for me. I I do believe if I am not writing, it is akin to me not praying. It is akin to me not doing what God has called on my life to do. I, I feel as as uh, commissioned to write as someone make feel commissioned to preach, because I know it's something the Lord has called me to. And just as an example, this I, I'm not trying to write every day, but in the month of July, I'm just looking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have I have eight, I have eight. I've written eight blogs um, in the past 21 days. Uh, I've written more than that. I I, I, I write a lot. Um, uh, you know, it's all, it's all not, maybe not worth publishing. In fact, some of the stuff I put on my blog may not be worth publishing, but I write a lot. But, you know, as an example of a reservoir, my blog, I, I really think pastors would benefit if they would archive their things in a way that can be searched. Because if you go to my blog, my blog is in him, by him, through him, dot blogspot.com. I'm sitting here at my computer, and uh, 
on my blog, you or anybody could go on, if you're on a desktop and you could pull up my blog in him by him through him.blogspot.com. And up at the top right, there is a search button and I can type in forgiveness and it will pull up 15. I don't even know it because forgiveness is a pretty common thing, but it, it'll, it'll, it'll pull up, you know, 20 different things on forgiveness. So let's say, and I've had this happen a few times. Uh, let's say one Sunday morning comes and I'm feeling dry and I don't have anything to preach. I could go to my blog and type that in and I could find uh, whatever little word or feeling I'm feeling type it in my search box and I could find, I've got a message I've already written. <laughs> I probably don't even remember writing it. But I, I'm ready. I, I have a, if you will, a reservoir um, that I can I can gain strength and do ministry uh, from a hole I dug a long time ago. Wow, I like the way I like the way you put that. That is that is incredible. And well, uh, Isaac, um, I believe it was. Uh, you know, he went and dug up, redug the wells. Um, right. And he, you know, he was setting himself up for the future. Um, right. And, you know, it's, and that's, that's one of the key things is we've got to, all of us, you know, everybody, all oneness Pentecostals, we've got to get on the same page. We've got to uh, allow God to lead us in directions. We've, we've got to get, there's just so much politics in Pentecost, it drives me nuts. It's got to go. We're not gonna. Yeah, it, well, it, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you this: in the realm of politics, this is my perception, and I, I could be wrong. But one, look for instance, I've been in Mississippi. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I came to Mississippi to go to Bible college uh, in 1990. I married a Mississippi girl in 1992. I got licensed with the UPC, I believe, in 95. And uh, so all of my ministry, I, I have been in Mississippi. And uh, in that time, I'm a friendly guy. I'm an outgoing person. I, I have, through my life, if I'm in town, I'll, I'll stop by and take a preacher to lunch. Um, I, through my life, I have built dozens of close relationships in Mississippi and uh, um, because I had time, you know, I used to uh, drive a lot in my job and so I would use a lot of my dead time driving, calling people and um, my general opinion is uh, uh, a lot of times what, what one man's politics is another man's personal relationship. And, uh, uh, and and what I say by that is it would not be a stretch for me to call and talk to, let's say, 30 people about whatever the issues are. Uh, and I have done that in, in, in times past. And uh, uh, I think the main thing is I think that, that the antidote to, to politics in a bad way where, you know, sin is covered, agendas are promoted. I think 
the antidote to that is building strong personal relationships with other men in ministry. I think the, the great tragedy in our movement is not unique to us. It is uh, human nature is many men, many pastors are, are some of the loneliest people in the world. And they, they, they can give their life to ministry and they give their time to preaching and they spend so much of their life helping other people that they neglect one of the most needed things they need in their own personal life. And that is friends, having meaningful relationships with people that are, will be there for you when you get down, when you are at a low point. And I think the reason why uh, many men uh, in ministry uh, are so uh, jaded sometimes because they're alone. They, they haven't. And what's the Bible say? He that has friends must show himself friendly. Right. And uh, we, we teach our our, the people we pastor, you know, uh, you know, spend some time, build bridges, connect with people. But a lot of times we're not real good at following that advice for ourselves because you can't really build meaningful relationships with people in the church on a friendship basis. If you do that, you'll find out why people say you shouldn't do that. Because <laughs> saints, like everyone, is fickle. And uh, I know for myself the best investments I've made in my life have been the fact that I have built friends out of the ministry, uh, not just in Mississippi, but in Mississippi, uh, in particular. Right. And, uh, you know, in Mississippi, we're this, I call it the good old boy network. And here's the deal. The men that have run this district, they're, they're dying off, but, up until five years ago, what they wanted happened. But here's the deal. They grew up together. They, they deer hunt together. They play golf together. They go on vacation together because they're family. They, if they're not literally family, they're family because they've been friends for years. And so they talk and they influence themselves. They influence each other. And then they, they individually will influence the people they influence. And at one time, our district, whoever got elected to an office, got elected because one or two or three of this group of seven to ten men decided that's what they wanted. And, and uh, you know, that's no fun if you're not one of those seven to ten men. But the antidote to that is for me <laughs> to have my own friends, right? Yeah. And, and basically, the, you know... Just and that doesn't make these people bad. These are men I love. I love every one of them. I hold them in the highest regard. But I may not agree what their agenda is, and so the the antidote to that is build my own network, have my own influence, and give an opportunity. I I potentially what they want to happen may not happen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, does and, that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so, really, what we should be doing, um, you know, as the body of Christ, is not worry 
so much about so-and-so's agenda or my own personal agenda but let's let's just get everybody together let's just let's just obey the lord let's fellowship let's love each other let's love our brother let's favor our brother over ourselves and let's seek the will of god over every matter not our own you know things that benefit us in the long run or even i i think the main thing is i think one of the one of the challenges is we call ourselves a fellowship, but we don't have a lot of fellowship. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, basically, we come together. I'm speaking Mississippi. I, what state are you in? Maine. Maine. So I don't know nothing about Maine. This is Mississippi. I'm sure Maine doesn't have this problem. But Mississippi, <laughs> most of our events we get together at, we vote at sectional conference. And we vote at camp meeting because that's what our district conference is. And then, uh, then you know, uh, people that call us, who calls you the most? Your your uh, youth director, your home missions director, your Sunday school director, your ladies director. Uh, and so all of these, our whole system is about uh, raising money and the people that call us, we're elected to those offices to raise money. And uh, I think, I think, I, I don't know how to do it. We are not doing it in Mississippi. But I do believe it is possible to be sure that our fellowship fellowships. One of my observations about the independent apostolic world is they fellowship more than we do. Hmm. Uh, one, one, uh, and this is the group of independent men I know. If they have a, a, an anniversary service, independent men from three states away will drive over and celebrate their anniversary. In, in our fellowship, people will drive across the street to celebrate your fellowship, to celebrate your anniversary. And so we have, under the flag of fellowship, we don't have fellowship. <laughs> I'm sure that's not Maine, but <laughs> it's true Mississippi. Yeah, I, I think we'll find that everywhere. Because again, we could, well, it just brings us back to, you know, and and that's the thing. See, that's one thing that I really like about my pastor is, so we're not UPCI, but he he is connected with every United Pentecostal pastor, I believe, in the state of Maine. You know, he he knows them all personally. He's great friends with them all, and he fellowships with them all, and he invites them to events we have. And do they always come? No, but you know, every once in a while they'll show up and uh, they'll have events uh, going on and that will be, have the opportunity to attend because, you know, he is, it's about the kingdom for my pastor. It's about, you know, going forward and, and where, where can all of these oneness, apostolic, Pentecostal movements be, you know, in, in five or ten years together. You know, and in Maine, we've had this this problem where there these organizations have been really segregated from each other, and they wouldn't. Yeah. You know, well, I, I think I think that is part of it. There, there's some there's some there's some practical uh, realities. In Mississippi, we have ALJC, WPF, and the UPC, and those are three very similar groups. I mean, there's not hardly a dime's worth of difference. Uh, you know, the WPF uh, women have fancier hairstyles. Uh, you know, uh, 
you know, there's difference, you know, cultural differences that have developed in a short period of time. But, uh, but, but, you know, the WPF has their camp meet, the LJC has their camping, the UPC. If a person goes to all of the events of all the organizations, they're not going to have time to, you know, do anything. And I think we have a lot of events in general, but I think on a, on a, on a local level, um, I think we can choose to be in fellowship. Absolutely. We can choose to go to lunch. We can choose to have prayer meeting. I know here locally, I have tried to facilitate prayer meeting and fellowship. We've had a couple of speakers come in uh, that would uh, be edifying for a pastor or an aspiring minister. And uh, we did that in 2019. Of course, 2020 kind of blew up some of our, of our uh, agendas in that way. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, we each individually can can be better than what we perceive other people as a group are. Like for me, I could pray and try to do what's right and vote what I think is the will of God. I can try to be a friend, I try to be a help, try to be an encourager. And uh, I, I, have, I had a friend of mine, I don't think he'll hear this, but if he does, I love him. Um, uh, we had went to Bible school together, and uh, it had been three or four years after we graduated, and I thought about him. And I called him up. I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? And first, he said, wow, thanks for calling. You're the first person to call me. Nobody's called me since school. And I said, well, let me ask you something. I said, you haven't called me, have you? No. I said, have you called anybody? He said, no. I said, so who's the problem, everybody else or you? <laughs> and I think a lot of times people have this perception of what everybody else should do that they themselves don't do. Mm. And at the end of the day, I can only discipline and and provoke myself to do what's right. And maybe what I do might be contagious and call someone else to do the same. And so we come back to the discipline that we uh, utilize ourselves, we give ourselves, it's a gift. It's a gift that we give ourselves not only for this moment, but for the future and, and for, you know, all the local church congregations around us, you know, and, and when we're reaching out and we're being, doing the right thing and trying to obey the Lord and, you know, facilitating reconciliation when it's necessary and, facilitating right. connection with uh, others and that's the thing you know and you you hit the nail right on the head uh, when you're talking about you know pastors being lonely and um, ministry is lonely well, I, think, I think that what you're doing I, I don't know what how old you are or what your aspirations are in ministry but I would say to you that probably one of the biggest benefits to what you're doing that could be a benefit to you, is, is you're going to meet people you really like and there are going to be people that meet you that really like you and uh, th there's going to be blessing coming in your life because of this discipline you're doing but you're going to meet people that 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 are that are going to open doors for you in the coming days and uh, uh, I know a number of guys uh, that, that have started podcasts and man they're they're on fire. I'm so proud of them. And I think the end result is, you know, is that in this discipline, they're creating.
creating something for themselves. Wow. I never looked at it that way. It's, uh, you know, one thing I would say that I think kind of fits in the same realm, uh, my passion is the Word of God. I think about it. I talk about it. I mean, I don't have a hobby, and I don't have any problem with other people that do. I think it's wonderful. Do it. My, my, my hobby is reading the Scripture, thinking on the Scripture, writing about the Scripture, and talking about the Scripture. And over the past number of years, I have developed relationships with people that are like me. They like to just talk about the Word of God, talk about lessons, talk about sermons. And I call it brainstorming. And uh, I have a handful of young men, evangelists, young pastors, that the Lord's kind of brought in my life and we kind of connected on that ministry talking about the word level. And it is such a blessing to me. Uh, they'll, they'll send me a text and say, this is what I'm preaching on what you think. And I will just, uh, brainstorm, you know, uh, uh, you know, just, just, and I, it's usually via text message. I'll just start kind of typing out, you know, what comes to me, I'll go look at Greek or Hebrew or, you know, uh, look at a, a cross-reference. And uh, and I think the benefit, no doubt, you know, I get to participate in maybe them building a sermon. And I get the benefit of some of the inspiration that sparked from it. But the main thing is I'm connected. I'm, I'm being connected to another uh, another person involved in the kingdom. And I think anything we can do that will strengthen that connection and build that bond, um, I think that is how we individually grow more effective and grow more um, uh, visionary in what's happening in the world around us. Uh, it's just is allowing ourselves not to just be so myopic about what's, you know, I just went to camp meeting, I just went and voted in the sectional conference. Uh, uh, this it's just seeing and stepping beyond uh, the surface of just having these, hey, how hard, how, how, hey, how are you doing relationships that oftentimes is the depth of many relationships in ministry. Yeah. This has been an incredible discussion. I, I have in, thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, and I love I love what you're doing. I love that you know you're you've got this uh, this blog. I love that you're putting your content out there. And uh, it is my goal through this podcast to connect other people with content they may not have been aware of before, um, resources they may not have been aware of before. Um, you know, because that's what it's all about. It's about this podcast is about encouraging the apostolic movement. Um, it's about empowering the apostolic movement, and that's that's really wh- what I felt, and and what God has been doing through it. Um, I've had people reach out to me and say, "Hey, man, your podcast is incredible. I really like the content." I, you know, and they'll be like, "It's just crazy to me," and the fact that I, you know, twelve weeks and we've already got the seven hundred and fifty downloads, and that's it's picking up steam and. God's blessing it, and I, you know, 
And I'm thankful that I can just be a part of it. That's really the biggest thing. I'm just thankful I can be a part of what God is doing in the lives of people that are aspiring in ministry, uh, people that may be struggling and, uh, you know, they're looking to know, dig into the Word of God more. So I just love it. And I'm just so thankful that you've taken the time out of your day to uh, join us for an episode of Apostolic Theory. Um, again, it's been incredible, this content. I, I love it. So thank you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to email you a couple of links to some resources that I have. Uh, my blog uh, is in him by him through him.blogspot.com. I encourage those that are out there that may be uh, ministers or teachers. <clears throat> uh, you can go to that on your computer and you can search it, type in blood or Jesus, and you'll find 10 or 15 sermons. And maybe some of that may be edifying to you. Um, I have a podcast, a faith builder, um, that's, uh, you know, on all the, the different ones. And then I also sent you a series uh, that I did for the Axe Network. Are you familiar with the Axe Network? Yes. Okay. Uh, I actually did it at the request of, uh, of the founder of the Axe Network and just uh, have some teaching series on there. And uh, I did it on traditional truth. I sent you a link to that on our YouTube channel. And I would just say, if anybody else has a podcast, like to talk about the word of God, talk about the kingdom. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's my number one uh, joy. Amen. So thank you very much. This has been incredible. And uh, I know that this episode is going to bless and edify somebody that hears it absolutely well i enjoyed enjoyed the conversation nice meeting you and uh invite everyone to uh visit our uh, the blog in him by him through him.blogspot.com uh, subscribe to my podcast faith builder uh at anchor or there it's on all of them and uh, anything we can do to be a blessing we, we that's that's what we're, we're aiming for amen This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.